We all know the legal world is complex and high pressure. There's no room for error. That's why judges and attorneys across Chicagoland have trusted the expert court reporters at McCorkle Litigation Services since 1948. McCorkle Litigation Services has accurately recorded every word from thousands of legal proceedings. McCorkle Litigation Services provides the legal community with peace of mind, transcribing testimony and depositions that can be used reliably by jurors, judges, and attorneys. For all your legal support needs, contact McCorkle Litigation Services online at McCorkleLitigation.com. Leading us off, though, today, Julian Zelizer, CNN political analyst, professor of history and public affairs at Princeton University, and the forthcoming book, Burning Down the House, Newt Gingrich, The Fall of a Speaker and the Rise of the New Republican Party. He is the author, Julian Zelizer. Professor, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're watching day two of the impeachment hearings right behind us here in studio live. And you've been critical of Alan Dershowitz, who, by the way, is a frequent guest on Legal Faceoff. Um, apparently too busy this week to appear on our show, but we're very happy to have uh, the distinguished professor. So you've been very critical of him because he said that neither of the articles of impeachment are specific crimes and therefore not impeachable offenses. Why is the professor wrong? Well, there's two things he said uh, that I think haven't uh, held much water. That's number one, uh, that somehow in the Constitution it has to be a criminal offense to be an impeachable offense. And that's not what's in there. Uh, There's a lot of discretion in terms of what abuse of power is. Uh, And I think simply from the other impeachment cases that we've had, you already see the broad range of issues that count. He's also defended a very absolutist view of presidential power, which is not always what he's talked about in the past, uh, but it's very uh, popular in some of the circles surrounding the president, including William Barr. And it's it's a really aggressive vision that uh, presidential power is so grand, it's very hard to implicate the president for almost anything. And I think both of those arguments just are, are not true, and they're dangerous for the democracy. Professor, in fact, Dershowitz, in the last impeachment trial of President Clinton, said that the act does not have to be an actual crime to be an impeachable offense. So why is he changing his tune now? Well, uh, he, he he had some kind of explanation the other day that he's more correct now than he was back then. Look, some people argue that there's just a lot of hypocrisy when impeachment happens and people flip it around depending on who the person being targeted is. But I think Alan Dershowitz has aligned himself with this president uh, in, in the last few years very closely, even though he still identifies as a liberal Democrat and says he supports Democrats. He's come to the defense of President Trump. And at this point, I will take him at face value and that what he is saying is now what he believes. And uh, my criticism about his view of the presidency, an imperial presidency, is just on the grounds of what he's saying now. But but certainly his past comments do contradict a lot of what he's saying right now. Professor, I want to get into your feelings on the imperial presidency in a moment, but explain to our listeners, because I think honestly, even though this phrase has been covered to death and anyone who's watched even a little bit of coverage you know would probably understand it but explain to our listeners again why you feel the high crimes and misdemeanors uh, section which is section four of article two of the constitution where it says the president shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason bribery or other high crimes and misdemeanors. Why do you think these articles fit the bill? They certainly, you know, the argument goes, they certainly had the opportunity to bring 
for example, a bribery charge. They didn't. That would have unquestionably met the um, definition according to Section 4. They didn't do that. Instead, they brought these other two articles. So why, in your opinion, do these other two articles do fit the definition definition of an impeachable offense? Um, bribery, I actually I agree, uh, and I think that could have been one of the charges. This is a pretty clear case that we're seeing. But certainly the idea of a president using pretty serious foreign policy uh, involving a nation that's that's in the middle of a war uh, as a tool, uh, as leverage for his own self-interest, for his own campaign, fits the model of what the founders had in mind when they feared what a president could do with their authority. Uh, and from kind of what I've read about from the founding, but also just what I've seen of how Congress has exercised this power with Richard Nixon, for example, Example, this is exactly the misuse of power that uh, legislators have this provision uh, in place for, uh, and and it seems pretty clear cut to me. And if you take this policy and just switch it to whatever your preferred policy is, and imagine a president just using it as raw leverage uh, for his own self interest, I think it becomes very clear, kind of why this is exactly what high crimes and misdemeanors stands for. All right. So you mentioned the imperial presidency. You've also, I think, referred to it in some of your writings as the unitary executive theory that actually predates President Trump and started with the Bush administration in the post 9-11 era. Can you explain that um, to our listeners, what you mean by that and why it's dangerous in your opinion? Yeah, I mean, the term actually comes in 1973. A historian, Arthur Schlesinger, titles his book, The Imperial Presidency. And he's talking about Lyndon Johnson and Richard Nixon and how they're wielding their authority. Uh, but then when George W. Bush is president, this idea in conservative legal circles takes hold of the unitary executive theory, where the president has almost total control of the executive branch, which in effect means uh, if an investigation is taking place in to what the president did from the FBI, for example, or a special prosecutor, that the president does have the authority to get rid of that person, to fire that person, because they have total control of the executive branch. And and that, for many observers, has become the ultimate symbol that that imperial presidency of 1973 is stronger than ever. And after George W. Bush and 9-11, it became stronger. Uh, and in some ways, that's what President Trump has been capitalizing on. So, Professor, looking at the past day of the impeachment trial, why don't you give us some winners and losers from the first 24 hours? Well, I think both sides uh, are getting something that they want. I, I think the Democratic uh, House managers have presented a very compelling case already, simply through the amendments and in the first few hours of opening arguments, explaining what the president did, providing very compelling video testimony, not only of people who testified before the House, but of the president himself doing exactly uh, what they have accused him of doing. And they've laid out a cogent case. Uh, so for Democrats who they're speaking to, and even for independents, I think their arguments are part of the reason there's such strong support still for impeaching and even removing the president, upwards of 51 percent. Republicans can feel good, though, because generally Republicans are staying put. Uh, other than Susan Collins asking to break up 
the day uh, from 12 hours to eight hours. Uh, the Republicans have pretty much been on board with the procedure, and it's unclear any of them are thinking of voting to remove the president. So ultimately, preserving the president is what the Senate Republicans are trying to do. So, so I think so far, in very different ways, both sides are accomplishing their goals. He is Julian Zelizer, analyst at CNN, professor at Princeton University, and the author of the new book coming out, Burning Down the House, Newt Gingrich, The Fall of a Speaker and the Rise of the New Republican Party. Professor, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me.